Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Rethinking Work podcast. We've talked a lot about cities so far and we thought what better to have than the, I said this in the podcast, my favorite photographer. I was very, we were very lucky to have Jason Hawks on who is one of the best, if not the best aerial photographer for London and cities all around the world. But we as architects have designed, Bill and I have worked on lots of big projects and two of the major ones we did in London as part of the marketing and planning, we use these incredible visuals. And we talk about this in the podcast that Jason does from the skies. And he's been doing it for the last 20 years. You should go on his website. It's jasonhawks.com. He has the most incredible imagery. And I would argue one of the coolest sounding jobs, Bill. Yeah, really. Well, he gets to go on a helicopter and hangs out of a helicopter with a really, really expensive equipment. And I can see how the city is changing from a not quite unique perspective, but something that most people won't ever get to, to see. And also uh, listen to the end of the podcast to find out when I directly ask him if I can get <laughs> in his helicopter. <laughs> yeah, as ever, Ben geeks out and, and we try and, uh, uh, and try and separate them. But he's an amazing guy and, uh, and we learned loads about practical stuff about, you know, how he copyrights his stuff, uh, how it's evolved as a, as a kind of medium... Uh, we're Able Partners. Go on our website, ablepartners.co.uk or find us on Instagram at able underscore partners. Enjoy. So, first of all, Jason, welcome to Rethinking Work, hey. our, our podcast series. Uh, I gather we've caught you in a sort of weather window, which is why we were able to grab you today. Well, yeah, uh, I was supposed to be going flying, I don't know, about a few days ago. But in the end, we couldn't get a helicopter anyway, so it's a bit of a nightmare. So I'm waiting to... Um, I've got about three jobs on and clients are going, you know, hurry up. <laughs> yeah, you're my- so, so we've got to wait for the weather and the, obviously the helicopter. I always find that. I can't get a helicopter when, <laughs> when, I, when, when I you need one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought I'd give you a bit of background of why, why I was so excited to get you on. And I, I mentioned this in the email slightly. Yeah, but yes. I like you, so for people who don't know, and we're going to talk on layman's terms, so people, because we have quite a diverse listener group here. So, so Jason does amazing aerial photography. And you've been doing this for what, the last 20 years? Yeah, 25, something like that. I started when I was um, literally studied photography, came out of college. Uh, I was actually working down the road in Covent Garden, assisting people. And then uh, me and some mates used to go just at the weekends, used to go and do stupid, weird things. And um, we got some magazine about sort of stupid sports you can do, one of which was microlighting. And we're like, oh, that sounds a laugh. So we um, drove out to Kent and went microlighting the weekend. And I thought it was such a laugh. I thought we'll start doing that as a job. So, well, so you're so if you're listening to this, go on Jason Hawks. Is it .co.uk? Uh, dot com. Dot com. There is the most incredible imagery of there of London uh, over the years. But Bill and I background. We're architects. We started our own business, Able Partners, about a year ago. But before that, we used to work in the city of London at a major architecture firm doing these big skyscrapers. And for those of you listening who don't know, some of these skyscrapers are two, three hundred, four hundred million pounds. They need amazing marketing material. So in comes Jason. When you need an incredible marketing f- photography, you take these incredible images at amazing times of the city cluster, of which Bill and I have worked on. So I worked on one Leadenhall for five years. Bill worked on 40 Leadenhall right in the center. And you probably have one of the most interesting collections of photos of that city cluster over the last 10 or 15 years. Because I, uh, I, we almost commissioned you to do a photograph for a private client, right. but the, the problem was we wanted such a big canvas and it was huge. Yeah. We just thought we wanted it with the city cluster, but the problem is it de-ages every photo so quickly. Because yeah, yeah, it does. It, it changes so, especially, I don't know if I'm just getting older, but um, I found recently, you know, 
even stuff that's a year old, you think, well, that's just incredible how much is changing. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe a long time ago, things didn't change so quickly, but the amount of well, new buildings we, have gone up. Well, we've zeroed in on the probably the bit of London and maybe the world that is an urban centre that is changing most quickly. I mean, there's no residential, it's all offices. Uh, it's a kind of, uh, I don't know, a kitchen garden, garden analogy where people are people, it's designed to change a lot. It's a sort of perfect customer yeah, no, for it, you. It, is, it is, yeah. That and sort of nine elms at the minute. Yeah. Is uh, or oh, nine hours even is it seems to be changing even quicker, but um, yeah, the amount of stuff going up is uh, is unbelievable. So, so this podcast series, our first series, is all about rethinking work and this idea of how people's work habits are changing and what the future might look like. But now, cities, we're thinking like how a city's changing, and actually, you have this amazing, probably one of the most unique views of a city literally growing in and around your photographs. So where, where like Nine Elms, the city of London, where else are you just focusing? Um, well, to be honest, you, you, I mean, the next job, I'm doing a job, uh, I did a job in the summer for Here East, where we, were do, where we were photographing and filming loads of stuff around there, and I'm going back there, I'm supposed to be back there on Sunday, but I'm going to go back there next week, hopefully, if the weather's good, for the Olympic Park, I'm sh- filming and shooting all of the Olympic Park, so that'll take, it takes about a day to do it, and then obviously you've got to do all the post work, so, so we're shooting sort of load of footage on this great big mount, which you hang underneath the, the helicopter, so you're shooting sort of 6K or 8K, whatever they want. And then a load of stills, all the stills are, you just um, you have the door off or you take the door or you slide it open. And the, that, that's all done. You know, you just hang out, hang out the side of the helicopter. Because professionally, I would say you're one of my favourite photographers. I love what you do. The 10-year-old in me also thinks you have one of the coolest jobs <laughs> I can possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah, I feel my job here today <laughs> is to stop Ben getting carried away and asking lots of technical details about how you hang onto the helicopter, how you get 6K footage. But let's start there. Let's scratch, scratch that itch. You're responsible for... The hiring of the helicopter, the kit. Do you own the kit that goes on? on uh, well, all, all the stills kit I own, and the the, the, um, the footage kit is just too expensive. To, I mean, it keeps on changing anyway. The mounts change, you know, like like digital cameras change. They just change constantly. So there's no there's not mind, there's no point. I mean, you can back, get some basic handheld mounts that you know only cost like five or ten grand, which you can do only. only. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're not um, they're not really very good. These these mounts cost like hundreds of grand. And the, and the cameras, you know, you use a high-end red camera, that's 20 or 30 grand. The lens is sort of 20 or 30 grand. So there's no point. It changes so quickly. All the stills equipment I have, uh, obviously I do so much stills that I, I buy all that myself. I don't ever um, rent that in. I, I did wonder, some of the, I mean, again, cannot stress to people enough, go on your website, the footage, it's so still and crisp. I don't understand how you're able to take a photograph late at night from a helicopter and it well, look so with the, with, the, with the stills, you have um, a gyroscopic stabilising mount, which is a thing about the size of a sort of bag of sugar, I guess. It's quite a bit, but it's really heavy. And you, and you have that onto a great big, really big battery pack. And it takes about 10 minutes to uh, start working. And it gets quite warm. So it's nice in the winter, you hold it. So it keep, keeps, your, keeps your hand warm, but it basically stabilizes the camera. So you don't touch the camera at all. Then you have a cable or some kind of release to, um, to take the picture. So you, you don't, you're not holding the camera at all. So it takes all the... Um, so you, then you can shoot down to really slow. You can shoot a sort of thirtieth of a second if you want to. Whereas without it, you're shooting a thousandth of a second, two thousandth of a second, that kind of thing. So you, so you can just lean out the helicopter. You, um, not, not, not every picture comes out, but 80% of them. Sometimes, you know, there's a bit of movement in the helicopter. So... Um, but predominantly they come out. But you are leaning out of the helicopter. I just want to oh, stress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fully out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the Tom Cruise of architecture. That's, that's oh, what you're, you're talk, going at. You talk about Tom Cruise. So Tom Cruise flies 
And then a couple of years ago, we were flying in town. He was obviously doing a film here, and I didn't realise he flew his own. And that, we were flying along at night, and we just finished a job. And this and this other car pilot comes around. And you can listen to listen to him in your headset. And I was like, oh, that's bloody weird. He sounds so like bloody Tom Cruise. I don't know about landed and I googled him. And, you know, he was saying, and there was all these pictures in the Daily Mirror going, Tom Cruise is flying. Uh, and I was like, he's so cool. And he's up flying the plane, then gets yeah, on the yeah. back, does the stunts, then gets on the radio. And he's so so amazing. I was so, Imagine being that that famous that you hear someone's voice and you get really excited by it. Like it was nuts. That, anyway, so that was he's I, in, He's insane. That guy, I, I'd sort of imagine, to go back to it, have we characterised the customers correctly? I mean, we, we know you through... Your architecture work. I was looking at a website which, like Ben says, is amazing. But it's it's aerial is the defining. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so 100 percent of it's from helicopters. I don't use drones at all. I never really got into them because you can buy drones for nothing these days. So everyone's got a drone. So I, did, I didn't start doing that. Um, and a, yeah, predominantly clients these days are architects or people who are working for you know big building companies who are doing a new film about something you know they they're showing or cgi companies all things like that and i'd always assumed that you would get a collection of briefs and that would justify going up and doing it and you'd shoot 22 bishops gate and five Broadgate and one leaden hall at the same time but actually what you've just said about here east is of course there was so much to shoot for a project that yeah. they're a particular day on a particular thing yeah I, right? I try to do exactly yeah i try to just have one client for on um, one day that there, there are some photographers who will go up and they charge very little money and they'll um funny enough somebody mentioned one of them the other day because you can see you uh, you can see on sort of twitter where all the helicopters are flying and this guy was literally doing circles all over london it literally spend about 30 seconds one here one there whereas i do the opposite i'll get up at like in the summer we fly at dawn so i'll like leave home about three o'clock in the morning we get we get to the helipad about five get it all rigged so we are lifting about uh, 5.30, I guess. So we get into town by 5.45, just as the sun starts to rise. Uh, you know, so you get really low golden light and it looks... Yeah, because it, look, it can you, look really lovely. The, the the quality of the light that you get in this f- photography is incredible. But I mean, is it's so weather dependent, or are you specifically going out based on good weather? Is it like right? Crap, no, yeah, tomorrow's yeah, amazing. It, We've got to go tomorrow. Yeah, it's got to be basically that's that's how how you want want it to work. But obviously, I don't own my own heli- helicopter, and you have to rely on a load of different pilots I work with. So it is, I mean, it's completely weather dependent. But at the same time, it's sometimes you just you begging them to go tomorrow but they've got another client they promised that you know like this weekend there the guys i use are filming um london marathon they do it every single year they're not going to suddenly say to me oh you know don't don't worry we'll pan the marathon <laughs> this year and we'll fly you it's not going to happen so, so i was because i think one of the ways you bond with the city again going back to our theme of cities is people have they, they kind of grow to enjoy the city in their own unique way and I was saying to Bill before we recorded one of the best experiences I've ever had in London was I was lucky enough because we were working with these big contractors as they're building the Shard and 20 Bishopsgate to actually go up them before anyone is it not even built it was just the concrete was up there and I was able to have these views down on the city that no one else could have and I and to me you, you, you build those bonds with London you must have such an extreme version of that you must you see it from a view that very very few people see it I think it's weird. I very rarely these days. I mean, I don't live in town anymore, and I don't actually come into certainly the city that often. I probably only come into the city. I come in the West End a bit, but you know, say on City of London. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> City of London. I'm only in on the ground maybe twice a year. In on the and, ground, yeah. and, and um, <laughs> and it's really weird how actually you can't see half these buildings. You know, it, the, the, yeah, you're you're so surrounded by um. 
just normal height buildings. And, and then, you have no sense. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really strange. And, that's, and I kind of think, you know, you should be able to see it's credible how much it's changing. But I wonder, really, if people know how much it's changing. It's quite strange. And also, you know, working on CGI's, you think, obviously, you have to sign some kind of NDA thing. Um, but sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll do a thing for, like, the City of London, they do it. Uh, they're, they're showing all the buildings that might possibly be built in the next ten years, and so you'll do some work for them. And you think it's incredible how, you know, it's going to change so much again in another ten or twenty years. And you wonder, you know, do people really know what's going on? In well, time? I did want to touch on that about what is changing. I mean, we use things like View City and these bottles yeah, yeah. that'll tell you what's in for planning, and we're sort of it's our game to know what's going on. And um, what are the other changes you see? You know, we're seeing change in transport use and car use. I'm always struck by how much green space there actually is when you get up get up high. Um, other than the sort of evolving designs, what are the, what are the big sort of macro comments you might have about the changing London? I there I've dropped some, you in it. Now. Well, I'll give you there a, are, there <laughs> are, I mean, I I like pretty much certainly 90 percent of all the new things going on in london i think look amazing some of them honestly look horrendous gonna need I, names I, 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 no, certainly <laughs> but you know some <laughs> of the buildings you, yeah you look at it and you think how on earth has this gone through it's just absolute madness you know it doesn't match the it looks nothing like the building it, it, you know next even next door to it it's just really weird but and i got a lot of negative comments like today i posted a picture i found that it was so old it's ridiculous it must have been 25 years ago, I think I took it. Maybe one of the first pictures I ever took. And I just happened to find it. And then next to it, and then I was, because I was looking and I suddenly thought, I've got a picture just like that. So I posted, you know, one. And then I got a load of comments. People go, oh my God, I hate how London looks now. It looks so much better. But actually, I don't think it did. My old man, he used to work in the city and he worked in um, where, um, you know, one of the big tower blocks is now. And, and people complain about that tower block, but actually, you look at the tower, what the tower block was like beforehand. It was, you think that was yeah, bad? Yeah, <laughs> it was bloody hideous. But people, I can't remember that, and they look at it now and think, "Oh my god!" Was was that the image of the gherkin? As you had one on your Instagram feed that was like you could do the slider, and I think you were doing it. Oh yeah, and it yeah, was the yeah, city that, with, the, yeah. with just the gherkin, yeah. nothing else around it, and then you zoom to now, and it's like you can't even see the gherkin, and the no, gherkin exactly. looks yeah, small. Yeah. yeah, it does look tiny, doesn't it? Yeah, that and sort of Leadenhall, you kind of hardly see that. Uh, you know, from so because I remember photograph. I used to do a load of work for the Leadenhall, and then would do stuff. I can't remember if it was dawn or dusk, but there was certain time time of day, and there was a load of light on the on the face of it, and, and it looked absolutely stunning. Whereas now, you don't never get that light actually anymore. Well, we we had an event in the top of the Gherkin, and and it's a beautiful dining, well, entertaining space at the top, and it's a clear dome, which is quite rare at the top of buildings because normally it's full of plant and and a lot of effort went into that and you would have seen like the sky at night now you just see into a lot of other other <laughs> yeah, offices yeah. and it's completely changed i mean it's a, a kind of fantastic building oh, it does make me think though you're these are kind of big cultural markers I, i've got a bit of a fetish for watching colorized historic footage of oh, london yeah, yeah, yeah. and i wonder, I, wonder where you're going with that yeah. <laughs> but it makes me think actually yours will be a flag in the ground of 2022. And are you are you aware of that kind of the actually this is going to be a big reference images? I don't know if you've got a relationship with the British Library or what happens to your to, to, to mm, the... not really. Sometimes, but I think there's so much reference now. That's a weird thing. I think you know because of you know photography used to be a quite difficult and really quite expensive. You know to shoot really good high end you know stuff on film or even the beginning of digital cameras. 
you needed so much. It, it just cost so much money to shoot it in the first place. Whereas now, you know, you're my late, your latest iPhone, the, the quality is so bloody incredible that actually yeah. everybody's shooting it, aren't they? Everybody's yeah. shooting it constantly. And I think it's quite strange. Nowadays, a lot of the time, people will email me and go, oh, we're just going to run some of your pictures. You know, some... I mean, I had, I had a thing just the other day with the, one of the biggest hotels in town saying, you know, we're just going to run some of your pictures on our social media. I never even saw the message um, because I don't really look at messages on whatever it was. And, and then they ran them. And I was thinking, well, this is a bit weird. And then they tagged me in. And I was like, what? You know, hang on a minute. You're just running them. And so I emailed them. And they say, oh, but we do this with a load of um, uh, influencers. And I'm not, so I'm not an influencer. If you don't, I know, I'm, this is my job. You know, I'm not, I'm not, if you don't pay me, then, you know, I can't pay my mortgage. And she didn't really understand this. And so I said to her, look, you know, I'm going to send you a bill for this. And, I, yeah, you know, I did. And she, I, I wanted to ask because I won't go too much into the weeds of social media, but the, the kind of the theft of creative theft, you can screenshot. I could literally oh, use yeah, any yeah. of your images so quickly and there's almost no recourse for you. And your images are so perfect for Instagram. I mean, the way that you shoot a lot of your like your countryside ones, uh, the way you capture geography and light and colours, you're like, it's perfect for Instagram. And I imagine you must see yours all the time and be like, you haven't even tagged me I, in that. I, I see it so much. And it, and well, I think the weird thing is when they do tag you, because you think they've just taken it, <laughs> they haven't even asked, and then they tag you. So they yeah. go, well, hang on a minute. You haven't even asked. I mean, this is weird. Or you have asked, and I haven't even answered. I think that's even worse. So you, you know you have to get a, uh, you know, permission, and then you just use it anyway, which I think is re- really quite... Um, Are you litigious then? How do you approach it? I mean, you seem like a sort of understanding guy, but it's your livelihood. I mean, So so years ago, it used to happen, and, it, and then it happened more and more, and I used to just think, oh, you know what? It's just, it's just a mistake. Fine. Just don't worry about it. Now I have this software which tracks my pictures, so it plugs into my website where there's about... 100,000 pictures on my site, I think, because it's a stock site. And then it trawls the internet and it just finds. And at the minute, there's 27,000 pictures I can go through. All How many of, of them are in Ben's? Uh, yeah. I was going to say, that's of my uni projects. <laughs> yeah. And, but it's quite weird. So then you literally have to trawl through it and then you go, you know, and then the ones that are worth doing, you say, excuse me, you haven't licensed this or, you know, bloody blah, blah, blah. Or even people who think they've licensed it, um, and the, but they forgot to pay, and you sent them something before, and that just that happened the other day. And you think, you know, for them it's fair enough, but lots of people just take the stuff, um, or they, you know, they take out your watermark somehow, and it's. That's interesting. So there is an AI now that goes out there, will search, will find you. I mean, in a way, from a commercial point of view, you will be able to use the images, then be tracked down, and then pay. <laughs> well, in a way, yeah, I, I guess. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I wish they'd do it the other way, though, because I, I mean, <laughs> it is. This, 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 the weird thing is, is no one, I, I mean, I must have asked more than a thousand people they have done this. And I've actually, you know, then said, we've got an invoice, you've got, something's going to happen here. There's not a single person who's said, you know what, I did nick it. So can you, can you send me a bill? They always go, oh, they've always got some amazing, yeah. there, there was some lady. Moral licensing. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was some, there was some artist, female artist who was, she was really, really, did such beautiful work. It was amazing. She emailed me once. And so could I license a picture of somewhere in town? Because um, I want to base my, and you know, base a new piece on it. And I was like, yeah, of course I can. So I worked out the fee. She agreed to pay the fee. And then I happened to look at her website. And her, and her stuff goes for like 20 grand. It was really beautiful sort of oils and amazing work. And I was thinking, hang on a minute. You've already used six of my pictures. And you haven't paid for them. And so then I emailed her and said, you know, the, the, picture, the picture you just licensed on me, could, could you now post license the rest? And she was like, I didn't. 
I didn't. I took those myself. I was like, I don't think you did, because <laughs> they're my pictures. And then one of them was a CGI anyway. And she said, she said, um, oh, no, I went flying over London at night to take that picture. And I was like, well, that building doesn't even exist. <laughs> it's a CGI. You know, you're gonna be, you couldn't even make it up. It was hilarious. What a nightmare. <laughs> that was so annoying. Is, is it a bit like before copyright, before the internet, you would... If you wrote a musical, you would go and perform it in America and perform it on the continent and be the best. And then if someone copied you, everyone would know it was a copy. Do you feel you're, I mean, justifiably track these people down, but do you think you're you're sort of so well known now, certainly in our community, that Jason Hawke's imagery is is quite kind of obvious in its in its style or we're not 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 quite there? I didn't. I don't think. I I do look at some things sometimes. And think, well, I reckon I took that, and then I look at it and think, oh no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not quite there yet. But um, yeah, that's quite funny. So what do um, you see? What do you see in changing in London? I mean, the city changes a lot. Nine Elms and Battersea has changed changed a lot. Um, are there any sort of obvious takeaways about green space or or the or the climate or or smog or air quality? I mean, you're flying in a helicopter above London. Does it feel polluted as a place? No, no, it doesn't. Actually, recently, I've I've been wondering recently because of um, COVID, the air quality in COVID was absolutely incredible. So for about six weeks, you couldn't fly at all. And then you could start to fly. And then all the summer, the air quality was just nuts. It was like every single day, the visibility went on and on and on forever. And actually, I, even now, that I think the air quality, I don't know, I don't know if it really is, or if it's just me, but certainly, yeah, the vis, um, you know, years ago, sometimes you'd go and the vis was awful. And obviously, it's a lot to do with the weather, but sometimes even on a clear day, um, yeah, the, the vis would be awful. But over, over COVID, it was We are talking time. to a man who comes into London on the ground far less than he comes <laughs> in by air, though. So I really appreciate that experience might be slightly... Uh... Well, yeah, I suppose so. But I think there's loads of... Gr- I don't think... Um, it's funny, you know, sometimes you can take pictures of... Um, I like there's somebody I follow and also follows me. I don't actually... can't remember her name, but she's terribly against tall buildings or any development whatsoever. And I take pictures sometimes and think, oh, my God, if she saw this, she'd be... I can't swear. Yeah. She'd be absolutely livid. You know, it looks awful. But at the same time, you know, on a different lens, you can look a slightly different way. And, you know, the centre of London with all the parks, you know, Hyde Park and yeah, Kensington yeah. Garden, it looks incredibly green. Do you, do you get a sense? Because I remember this was like after the recession, what, 2008, 2009. Suddenly the indicator that things were picking up were all the cranes that just oh, suddenly popping yeah. up. I remember you've got an amazing photo of Battersea with like a million cranes on it. Do you get, do you see that as across the whole city? You're like, Jesus, there's a lot of construction. Yeah, we were on. saying, one of the pilots I was talking to maybe a couple of years ago and we were coming into town and thinking, it's just gone insane. It's absolutely nuts how many cranes are just everywhere. But it doesn't seem to be quite as busy at the minute, but yeah, certainly, you know, especially at dusk and they've all, they're, all the cranes are lit up so that you can't obviously hit them. Is um yeah, it looks it looks incredible. It yeah. looks spectacular. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we focus a lot on London. I notice you've been around loads of cities. Like, is it London obviously your primary? But how often do you shoot in other cities? Uh, I don't shoot at all anywhere else anymore. Oh, do you not? It used to be. I think um thing uh, photography is so easy now that actually um you know anybody can. People don't really spend much money on photography anymore. It used to be you'd you'd you could sell a picture for a lot of money. Um, you know, for a big campaign. Whereas now I think with, uh, with iPhones and also stock photography is really, lots of people will pay nothing for it or they'll pay $10 for it. Whereas, you know, years ago, you couldn't buy a decent stock picture for less than a thousand quid. Whereas now, um, yeah, so that doesn't really happen anymore. Pe- people Photographers don't travel so much. I, I spent certainly a few years, say five years, traveling constantly. 
uh, it just doesn't happen anymore. Wow, yeah, it's so interesting. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> this is a bit of a roundabout way of saying it. I was at a children's birthday parties in Nando's last weekend and I was standing behind a group ordering their uh, food and someone was getting like 13 chicken thighs and two spatchcooked chicken and 40 wings. And I started imagining all these chickens that were in this order. And then I looked across this enormous restaurant in the O2 and thought, well, that multiplied by each group. That's millions. Of-. And then I thought, of all the Nando's, and I thought of all these. The death of these millions of chickens. I wondered if, like, looking at, at buildings through this same light, like we're here with the lights on and yeah. using electricity, and and then you sort of look at the whole building and you think, oh, Christ, that, that's a lot. And, and then you start looking at the whole city cluster. And then you start looking at pretty much you can see Croydon and Brighton and yeah. to there. And then you look north and you can see Potter's Bar and, and all of those. Do you... Do you, do you does the scale of the, the, the Nando's challenge, as I've, I've coined it, does it does that sort of scare you at all? Or do you think, actually, this is, not, I don't know, not, I, not like that? I, I, I don't know. We're flying around, because I fly somewhere, in some ways you think these places are tiny, actually. You know, you can get from one side of town to the other in probably, you know, if you're really caning it, about 10 minutes, nine minutes maybe. Um, but obviously we fly quite slowly all the time. So in some ways it's tiny, and then other ways, I think, I know, I photograph London literally constantly, like, and and sometimes you're flying over and think, God, you know, I had no idea that was down there. And so, you know, it's kind of like sort of, it's sort of both in some ways, yeah. you know. It's um, And if you were going to see one area, sometimes when I go up to kind of Ten Fen Church and you look down, you think, oh, I'm surprised they haven't done anything with with that. Is there any area of... Of, of London that you drive you you think why has no one done this with the Isle of Dogs or you know I don't know I think of the British land bit, bit that they're doing at Canada Water that is a great space it's really near yeah. lots of places that are important and when Roger and his team have done it it's going to be amazing and it feels like so obvious now they're doing it and I wondered there's, there's a lot of land banking going on isn't, isn't there I mean there's that massive space just by uh, in Canary Wharf I can't remember what the towers are called, the new towers, and right in front of it is a really big space, and it has been there since I first flew in town. And obviously, you know, I guess the price is this like Surrey Keys and yeah, Canada it, Water? And no, no, it's it's right on, right by Canary Wharf. Oh wow! Um, okay. Well, it's not not by sort of Canada Tower, but it but it's um yeah, it's huge space, and I I don't know, I've never even seen a plan for it. I've never even been asked to photograph for it for a CGI or anything. So I think there's an awful lot of land banking going on that is. Well, yeah, waiting for the right commercial yeah, conditions. Yeah, God knows what's going to happen to it eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's interesting. So do you, uh, obviously you do tons of city photography and architecture photography, but on your website you've got a lot of personal photography. I yeah. mean, how much like non-architecture related city artwork do you do? Um, I used to do, I used to do photograph stuff that I literally just, I used to just go flying in town and not photograph anything to do with the architecture or anything. I would literally just lean, lean right out or you'd stick the helicopter right on its side and you'd, and you'd um, concentrate to some patterns, just weird patterns of, or just people just doing strange things, just kids on, in fountains, just anything that you just grabbed your eye that you think, oh, that's so cool. And then somebody will license that. But literally you cannot sell pictures like that at all anymore. I haven't, I haven't licensed the picture. Obviously, there's no point taking the photographs. Someone's got to pay for it. You know, helicopters are pretty expensive. Yeah. You know, um, even the best times, they're expensive. And, yeah, so I don't. I literally don't do that. You know, once I finish a job, as I'm flying back and forth from one place to the other, I might lean out and, um, like, I, sh- I took a shot of um, 
uh, what was it called, the Lido at Brockwell Park the other day. That looked really nice, and it was a really n- nice hot. I say it the other day. It's probably about six weeks ago. But I lent right out, and we circled for a while just because I wanted to get a really good shop. I knew no one was going to buy it. Well, do you not yeah. do what they used to do when I was a kid, which is come knocking on your door and say, <laughs> yeah, 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 we're, yeah, we're, 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 we're going up in <laughs> You get yourself up at Brockwell Lido with like an anal print and say, this would look lovely in <laughs> yeah. your reception area. And they're like... Sorry, mate. No. You mean like gig posters outside <laughs> yeah, the gig yeah. just on the floor? No. You should well have done it. I've just taken it home if you don't, if you don't want to buy it. No. no like, I, the, the best thing you can do is tag people in things and occasionally they will go, oh, I, this is just perfect. But pictures, beautiful pictures like that. I mean, I, I have them. I sell them as prints, actually. People will still buy, you know, I think last week someone bought a print of mine. I think it spent 700 quid, which is a lot of money just for a single print. And, you know, so I still do that. But on the whole... Pictures that you used to you used to be able to sell or license, you just can't anymore. So the, predominantly, the business is large, big commercial projects that need marketing material. They will they will they will pay the big bucks to get. Yeah, yeah, footage. yeah. Some, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It does it does sort of question what the future of the kind of photography profession looks like. Actually, if people are being dri- driven out because it's so ubiquitous, actually, if if everything's available, is nothing sacred? Does the craft kind of lose some of its I think the craft's kind of gone in some ways anyway, just because it's so, you know, you shoot a raw file and the software is so amazing nowadays that you can pretty much do whatever you want with it. So you don't even have to, if you don't want to, you don't even have to get anything right. And, and I, oh, I, so you I, do the raw file and then do it all in post-production? Well, I, I don't, but you certainly, but you certainly can, I, I'm so used to trying to get everything perfect anyway, which is why I go up when the light's, you know, if I can, the light's absolutely stunning. So you don't have to bother doing all that or you just tweak it a little bit. But... Um, Especially yeah, with I, drones as well, I guess. You know, you can oh, fly a drone up a kilometre in the air and take 50 photographs oh and roll. Oh, my God. The amount of times, yeah. Yeah, drones are... Are they the they're sort of they're the sort of alternative well, to... They're, uh, they're, they're, the good drones are just as good as that. You know, you can stick an amazing camera on a drone. And even the tiny little drones are unbelievable. But, um, you know, the amount of people who fly them silly heights. Like, we... Um, uh, I was speaking to someone the other day. We were flying in from Red Hill. And so you come across Croydon... And there was, a, and we were really high. Like normally, we were transiting about eight hundred foot. For some reason, the start of the shot we had to do was about two and a half thousand foot over the city. So we climbed up anyway. And um, so we're climbing. We're two, so the drones are supposed to be below four hundred foot. So we're two and a half thousand foot part, coming past Croydon. And out of my eye, I can see something. I just think it's a seagull or a bird because the, the birds are everywhere anyway. And they always just dive out there, out, dive out the way at the last minute. Anyway, I turned around. There's a sodding drone. I was about thirty foot from us. I was like, and it was a big one of those big old drones. And I was thinking, had we hit that, that would have been the end of us. We'd never have survived. And I was like, oh, you know. And by that point, you just got anyway. You're taken out physically <laughs> by, <laughs> yeah, by your the worst competitor professionally, <laughs> and then actually, <laughs> actually, yeah. Well, it's it's probably important that if it's people who are listening who haven't been involved in big projects, I guess. I just want to explain the importance of these photographs. I mean, I know you can get stock photography, but, you know, when I was on one Leadenhall, we designed this huge skyscraper, and the only image the world is going to see externally is going to be our CGI tower in one of your shots, and that shot needs to be perfect. I mean, if you imagine the percentage of the photograph that is our actual building compared to London yeah, in the background, yeah, sure. and it, 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 there's so much you can tell as a story. You know, you've got to try and photograph it in such a way that it, you know, it's, it's really elegant and looks beautiful. I mean, you know, that's where you'll spend a lot of money trying I, to get and that And also, perfect. I don't know, I'm thinking, me working on 40 Leadenhall, where it, where it is at one year... The next year, you know, it's still in planning or it's still in development. The whole city cluster's changed. You know, Eric Parry's 
put a, put a bloody even taller building right next door and you've got to go back, reshot new CGI. So it's a sort of what my grandfather would call a dripping roast in terms of a client. Yeah. You can just sort of <laughs> go each year and say, oh, you know what, uh, British land, actually, I think you should probably update your portfolio. Or you, did you know you're using an old shot on your portfolio yeah. cover? You know, I did, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of that. I am, um, I'm just when we were saying earlier on how quickly everything's changing. It's quite weird because years ago you could license a picture and people wouldn't even ask when the date was. Whereas now they'll go, they'll go, you know, do a search. Like I did a search this morning for Battersea uh, Power Station, and they just sent a little drawing. I don't know where the drawing came from. Said that we want this, and they said, you know. I wouldn't send anything that's not like shot within the say past three or four months. Really? It's not worth having. Um, you know, you send them a picture from last year. They're like, "Are you joking?" Um, so you know, it's crazy how um, these. You just have to update everything constantly. Yeah, like that's... you know, um, years ago, if I'd have done hundred thousand pictures in the year, I think this is brilliant. Whereas now, it doesn't even matter how many pictures you got because yeah you know a, from a, in a year's time no one's gonna want them anyway it is interesting that thing about who owns it like say you're up and you shoot Battersea every month for 10 years while it's under development I mean you're in a position to make an amazing story of Battersea book you know but you've got nothing to do with it is it do you ever come across those sort of clash of I, who I, owns the change a, a lot yeah it's funny you say that. not in some ways you do I, I i spend an awful lot of time shooting stock pictures that i know somebody you know if you put them on somewhere someone's going to see them and we'll then probably license them so i'll go and do uh once i finish a job i'm we might land and refuel and if the, if the light's still good just go and just fly around london for two or three, two or three hours just you know shooting loads of different i'm gonna stuff. drop a big question that you haven't thought about yet favorite <laughs> favorite building that you regularly shoot yeah, I'm going to let my, that my, Yeah, favourite building of all is probably the Leadenhall building, but you can't... You, know, you which, can't, you can't uh, the Leadenhall building? Yeah, which you can't really see. But, you know, from angles, you, you used to be able to see it. I think it's such a shame. Do you mean what I would think of as the cheese grater? Yeah, oh yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that, I love that. Brilliant yeah, building. I think... Um, but the, I think the weird thing is I'd never go inside any of these. I went inside the Leadenhall once, I think. Well, you've really going on the ground, Jason, <laughs> to reverse <laughs> but, but I've never been... A, like, I'd love to go and have a look around Nine Elms. I, had, I haven't been Don't. around Nine Elms. I'd oh, stay there for a kind of windy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> is it not all that... <laughs> it's... Yeah, not not I wouldn't say this obviously, but others have described it as very grim and uh, a bit depressing. Battersea's beautiful, but then the further around oh, the yeah, side you yeah. get, yeah. But I, I just <laughs> well, I tell you what, Jason, in, we will take you on foot to the city of London via Nando's, yeah. possibly, uh, and go and look at the cheese grater. And if anyone from Rogers Stirk Partners is listening, we would love a we would love a tour. Jason, seen it from the air. We'd like to see it from the inside. And I've got to say, it's one of my favourite buildings as well. I mean, it's just the perfect diagram as well of a building. So, Well, I guess what, what was so fun working with you on Leadenhall was I got to get on Google Earth. I just, we were all in a room and I was steering it and we were all <laughs> yeah. around the table going, right, we just want it just a bit lower <laughs> yeah. and we want that in the background. And then we were like, can you try and match that? And you just like <laughs> zoomed over in a helicopter. It was great. It was so much fun. <laughs> you like match it exactly. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of... Um... It's funny when you get job when you get jobs like that. Sometimes you'll get like two or three views, and you know, they say like one at one at six o'clock in the morning, and one at you know late afternoon, and one at night. And 
and you think actually it's quite it's quite easy in some ways but actually a lot of it you're just trying to get the pilot to be in the right position all you have to do is get the pilot in the right position in the right height and there's a lot of it you know you're just chatting to him going you know and you, you think in the right position you think oh this is just not working mate start again and then you know you'll go back to sort of a mile away and you're just flying sideways to where you need to be and you get it wrong again, you go, no, no, get, try this again. Get out of the way, give it yeah. you. <laughs> but and, and are they allowed? Because flying over London is a, is a sort of highly regulated yeah. thing. So are the, are the pilots, they're just licensed to go up every day. They have, a, they, they have permission, they take you. There are other, there's Challenge Annika or whatever television production companies want to do it. That's not something you get involved with. They, they have uh, Yeah, no, they have, the guys I use, they have a... Um, they can, you can, they can go up at any, any time, day or night. There's, I mean, there's loads of regu- obviously there's a ridiculous amount of regulations, and there's noise pollution. So often when you're doing something at like really late at night, say uh, often I do like every year work for the Shard. If you're going to filming the the Christmas lights they do or the New Year lights, we go and do it at sort of four o'clock in the morning in the middle of winter, um, and they put the lights on just for us so that they don't, everyone doesn't see it, and then chuck it on Instagram. And then there, you know, when you're doing that, obviously you're making quite a lot of noise. And so you get noise complaints. So you'll be there for maybe, I don't know, two or three minutes. Then you'll have to go away, you know, 20 miles away or you know, hang out over there. Then you come back and do it again. Because, you know, no matter what happens, someone's... And it's so easy to track everything now. You can just yeah. get down an app on you and go... This oh, and you're this. like, oh, it's bloody Jason Hawks <laughs> yeah. that again. You just need to dress up as Father Christmas if you're going to do the Christmas <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um We're growing up to the 40-minute mark, so, so I've got one last question. But yeah. I... Uh, wh- where- it, can I go in your helicopter, Jason? <laughs> that was... Bill, that was the last question. No, where, where, where are you focusing most of your photography at the moment? Like, where, where is the big, the big spot? Is it? Uh, there isn't really big. It's just kind of everywhere, I suppose. The, the weird thing, because I, I sell a lot of stock photography. That's the kind of weird thing. No matter how much you got, you never have quite enough because someone will go, "I just want this." But there's a new building going on here, and then you know. So sometimes you're photographing stuff um, away from all the main sites because you're thinking, you know, what they're going to be. Who, someone's going to think I'm going to stick a massive building up there and you need a picture of it from a weird angle um, yeah so it's quite strange often you know I have everything mapped on my computers so you have maps of every flight you've done so you can just work out you know where the pictures might be because everything is done on GPS encoded you know on the, on the images so it's quite easy to find but then that you, is brilliant yeah, you, you stick like six months worth of pictures on, on, a, on a map of whatever it is so the city of London thinking um you're going to have the right picture, and you go through it, and go through it, and then still you don't have it. It's nuts. <laughs> so you think I'll go and do it for you if you like. Well, so uh, I've been, uh, so I've been rowing on the river, and I got to see London from the very lowest point. Yeah. See where I'm going here. <laughs> right. Now, is it? How would I see it from the very <laughs> highest point? Do you think? <laughs> how could I get on your helicopter? <laughs> You'll have to come down to. Um, well, the thing is, when you when you're doing. Uh, Purely for this podcast, Mark. Yeah, this yeah, is the sure. longest uh, snow uh, you'll ever hear. So I, can, I, can, I can ask. I'm flying next week, so possibly you can sit in the front. You have to be very quiet. It depends how much you weigh. That's another thing. Well, that's a personal question. Uh, it's because, been quite a long year. <laughs> because it depends. You know, you have so much gear. Sometimes the pilot would just go. You know, uh, if it's right, really hot day or whatever. Just we're just not taking anyone else up because. Um, uh, you know, otherwise we can't burn enough fuel and we'll get to town and then you spend half an hour, you've got to go and refuel again. That's all the stupid rules. You just that. tell me where and when. Yeah, where and, I'll be there. Okay, right. and my required weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- so thank you for so much for coming on. I just w- So what's, what's next for you? Where, where are you shooting next week? What are you doing? Um, where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> uh, I've got to do jobs around, um, yeah, the Limbit Park and then I've got to do a job right the other side of town um, yeah, around, around, around Wem- Wembley. 
interesting. You can yeah. say hello to Gavin, friend of the show. Yeah, we had, we had Gavin, in the, the, the CEO of Here Easton. Oh, yeah, I, yeah so I listened to that the other day. Ah, yeah, interesting. Cool. He's a bloody inspiring guy. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very Thanks much. Thank you. Thank you.